This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Disruptive CEO Nation is the place where young entrepreneurs and company founders tell it like it is when it comes to their journey, vision, technology, culture, and whatever they feel like. Your host, Allison K. Summers, believes how you choose to play the world is completely up to you, and her guests prove it. Now let's get disruptive. Hello, everyone. This is Allison K. Summers, and welcome to this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. Today, we have a wonderful designer who absolutely had a lucrative and successful career as a designer, but they decided to make a switch and become an entrepreneur and start something that was very close to the heart. So Max, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, everyone. So I am Max Major and I, um, I am a gender inclusion trainer. So I do workshops for companies to help them be more inclusive. And um, I started as a designer for more than 10 years. I worked with a lot of companies. 1,500 companies and startups doing design thinking workshops. And on my personal journey, I was at the time perceived as a woman. So very little people can guess that from hearing me or seeing me now. Uh, but I was, um, I, I was seen as a straight woman for 35 years until I realized that actually I was feeling more non-binary and I wanted to look more masculine. So when I started to live authentically as a transgender masculine person, I realized all the issues that people without the expected gender, uh, the, all the issues they have in uh -huh. their life. And that made me think a lot, like um, I can share one anecdote of one day at a cafe, I was uh, ordering some coffee and they used the name of my, on my credit card. And at the time, I didn't have the opportunity and the luxury to change my name yet. So I had a very feminine name while I was appearing very masculine. And the barista shouted my birth name two times in the cafe. And I was like mortified because that's not, my name was not matching my gender expression the way I was looking. And this is where I started to think hard about they could have done better. They could have asked my name or they could have at Square, for example, they could have, when you swipe your card, have an option to add your, the name you want to be called. So I started to think with my user experience and problem solving brain, like how gender, how inclusion, how all of that transgender, non-binary people could have a better life if we were putting the effort in solving their problems. And this is how I started to think of my skills and the design thinking workshops, which are like taking, having people in your room and helping them brainstorm and have ideas of solving problems, how that could be applied for inclusion. So I stopped working with the startups, stopped designing apps and stopped making rich CEO richer. And I started <laughs> to have my own company um, and I was missing one piece. I was like, I had the lived experience as a transgender person 
but I didn't have all the vocabulary on the, all the gender politics that had, and I was like, oh, what? I need to learn all of that on my own. And this is where I realized that to be a good entrepreneur, you have to actually have good partners and good people who can actually fit the whole that you can't do everything on your own. You, it's not possible. So this is how I met uh, Jay Bandit. And they were doing the same thing as me. They were training people around gender inclusion with a background in academics and gender politics. So one day I saw that and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to talk to them. Like they are doing the same thing, same thing as me, but they're too good. Like I was like, <laughs> I need, I'm going to quit. That's it. Someone is doing better than me. And actually pushed, pushed uh, myself out of my comfort zone and I reached out to them. We had a coffee and that's how Argo Collective uh, started because we're like matching so well and we work together and um that was that's what we do together yeah <laughs> so max where was home originally for you i was born in france and i grew up in normandy uh with two parents who were always entrepreneurs so i think that's where i got that i'm not scared of being entrepreneur and not being able like to make um enough money every month like i saw them struggling but having so much strength and being proud of the job they were doing. They were like a nurse and uh, ambulance driver, and then they switched to selling vintage uh, furniture. So they always tried new adventures. And I think that's where I got my, I'm not scared of being an entrepreneur. Like sometimes it's tough. The money is not <laughs> coming as fast as you would like to, but it's actually for me, it's less um, scare, scary than going every day to the same office. Um, so I really, like for me, it's like comfort zone to be a entrepreneur. <laughs> so I, I loved what you said about um, finding a complimentary business partner. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with your co-founder, like, because you're complementing different parts of, exactly. of the business. Yeah. So tell me what each of you focus on. So that's interesting. We like, we, we started like, I, I was not looking for a co-founder. We, we met each other and that's where it's interesting for me. A huge mantra I have is like more will be revealed because I can't know, like as an entrepreneur, you never know what's going to be happen, what's going to happen in two months. Like it's the, like it's so, uh, you meet new people and so unknown that you have to be comfortable with the discomfort in the fluidity of like um, um, our relationships you're going to make. Uh, so I ran into Jay by total like randomly and that's uh, interesting how we we learn to work together and one of the best tools we do for having a good partnership every Friday we do a session of uh, learn and success success and learning and it's, instead of saying success and failure we like call it success and learning so we have a few columns in a spreadsheet and we share who we help this week um, which workshop we got uh, signed on and so on a few things of like the success and also a big piece is like how we felt during the week like if we were above the line or below the line meaning if we were like super excited or if we, like, we were very pessimistic for the week and the last column is um, what we learned which is actually what we failed like if we like for example one week we had to say order the materials for the workshop one week before the workshop and not three days before the workshop because we were like almost too late for the workshop. So it's continuously learning from our own business and from each other. So it's kind of like a, a journal 
like collaborative journal because we share stuff like I felt not really supported by Jay that day or the opposite. So we can actually talk our emotions, which is for me something that I never um, experienced before. Like uh, in the business, I feel like we lack some vulnerability and some way of like, we're still humans and we can get um, in situations of being like uh, upset or, uh, disagree with someone and not being able to share those feelings and with Jay we had that strength of like be transparent vulnerable and that's that's so um, rewarding in the long term because we can actually grow together and learn to work each other it's like for me it's even more important than in a um, love uh, in love relationship like it's like you have to get along like you have to get along to continue to have the same business in years so we well, take that very yeah, this share and learn concept is um, is really fabulous. It's um, the complete opposite of corporate cover up, where you uh, CYA. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about your your business and your business model. What method do you have, or what tools do you employ to attract customers? Um, because you are still in, in you know in a, a young company. So mm-hmm. how are you finding people right now? So we actually go to a lot of conferences. Uh, we try to be uh, picked for panels, uh, speaking. Uh, we do workshops at conferences so we can reach a lot of people who are already um, convinced about culture. So we go, we went to a few conferences, Creating Change, Culture First, Culture Conference, uh, Lesbians Who Tech. People who are already in the area of like diversity and inclusion. So we know they're gonna uh, discover our, our uh, services by experimenting one workshop with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one way of like expanding our network. And this is also how we get more partners, like uh, thought uh, partners, like people we can actually refer to, think maybe in the long term, we want to have more, cover more than just gender inclusion. We want to cover anti-racist stuff. And as Jay and me, we are white, we can't really cover that in a proper way. So it's better for us to bring someone who's already active in the anti-racist uh, work. Um, so we need a lot of uh, people at the conferences and some people become really good friends or like really mentors um, because we don't, we believe that in culture, there's no, it shouldn't have any competition. It's more like we should aim, aim for collaboration because we want all companies to be aware of what they should do to have a better company culture. And that's what we, um, we try to do. So that's one way. The other one is like we, we get some coverage in the media, so in articles, um, and trying to get uh, quoted in some articles about culture, about company culture, about trans, uh, transgender, non-binary issues, to be like advocates and be visible. Um, because you, for us, it's so important to be visible for um, one part of the business, but it's, it is our lived experience as being transgender and non-binary people. So we also want to share and to show to other people that it's okay to be trans, it's okay to be non-binary, and we are actively um, working to have better workplace for them. And so us being visible and having taking more space in, in the media is something that we both enjoy and we feel it's very useful for the community and is also showing us as one of the companies that are actually doing uh, working on change. Um, and... And one way we did, and I think it's, it's super hard and that we have a lot of those discussions with other diversity and inclusion uh, partners in other areas, is like 
having services that is for the diversity and inclusion, they have to be signed on by the CEO, by the leadership. If you only talk with the diversity and inclusion manager of a company, it is harder to get that approved if they have a leadership or a CEO that is, doesn't see the benefits of yeah. having more inclusion. And it's super hard because we, we have amazing conversations. People want to come and they're, they're stuck because the leadership and the CEO don't really see the value of it. And for that's the most struggle we have in our sector is like having a leadership or a CEO that are like cisgender white men who really don't see the need for more inclusion and more gender inclusion. Um, so that's where, this is where we tackle, try to tackle now is how to have those conversations and having those, the one who have the power, the one who have the money to really um, see that as being critical. Like we have so many uh, stories of um, food companies being so mistreated um, like recently Riot Games uh, is like a video game company had like the whole company like sharing how bad they feel and how they don't feel like they belong in the company so women are really um, mistreated and the CEO and the leadership realize now like they have to do something and the way we work with Argo Collective we want to prevently like we, we more into prevention than trying to fix when there's a fire and um, we talked with YC Combinator who has new startups and how diversity and inclusion should be part of like the core of new companies and not something you patch on in the end. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think Max, what is, is interesting is when you meet entrepreneurs like yourself who start companies out of, out of such a passion point. Um, but at the end of the day, it, you have to make a profit so that you can reinvest in the, in the company. So I, I appreciate what you're saying about it's, you know, for you, you've got more than one level of gatekeepers to get past, um, which must be frustrating because you, you know, you have such a great product and, and, and mission to make change and, and impact in, in workplace culture today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask you, Max, what, Gosh, you shared some some nice things about your background and, and your and your family and your business partnership. Um, so I have to ask, where do you go to keep your motivation and inspiration up as an entrepreneur? Like um, outside of your business partner, where where do you keep that motivation and spirit going? Because that's that's tough for entrepreneurs. I mean, you you're on the cusp. And then all of a sudden, everybody's going to wake up and know that they need Argo Collective. But until that wake-up happens, how do you keep motivated? Um, that's interesting because I see, uh, I regularly see myself and also Jay after three, four months of trying a new angle to contact to people, like we get exhausted of like pushing, pushing, pushing. And every time we, we, we were like, maybe we can't do it, maybe maybe that's it at the end. And we're like, oh, we don't want that to be the end, but maybe it is. So every time we like drop the ball and we were very vulnerable and we're like, huh, okay. And we're, last time we were at a conference and we decided to talk to people I'm telling them, yeah, it's very hard actually. Like we don't have to have the mask of like everything is fine and, and everything uh-huh. is going to be fine. So every time we went and be very vulnerable, this is where we actually had the best new new vibes and new motivation that's how we met the person who who is going to work with us for the sales efforts 
So that's something we are discussing now. And literally because we were like, well, you know, it's very tough to like have those diversity and inclusion people. We don't have the budget and the CEO leadership don't see the value. And he was like, well, I, I know, but I can help you because that's what I already do. And like, what? And every time we're like, every time it's so down and low, we actually open more of our, our vulnerability to people around. And this is how we actually create our own network and like supporters. And um, so usually it's talking, like talking, I would say it's the answer, like being more okay to say that it's not always easy. And if you want to have uh, deeper connections uh, with people, sharing what is your struggle at the, in the moment will actually uh, attract people who are going to be true to them, true, true to themselves too. And you actually have deep, deeper connection. Um, that's, and then self-care. I don't know. Like the work we do is so exhausting, both trying to get clients and then even the workshops because we go through gender inclusion, which is like a sensitive topic. And so we actually act, take a day off every time we have a workshop. The day after we decided to just not work because we were not doing it at the beginning. And we actually take a lot from those workshops of people sharing their stories and their struggle. And we try to make people change. So it takes a lot of our own self-emotion labor. So the day after we usually take a day off of like relaxing, putting like having our own time, time own time alone and I don't know, take a bath and just Relax and then go again. Yeah. I think that's really great advice. I think that um, the, you know, we have to know ourselves and we have to know when we'll be better business professionals because we've stepped back. So I um, appreciate that. So Argo Collective is very successful. People realize um, across all corporations that they need you. So what, Max, what's, what does success look like? What does, what does the future um you know, hold for you if, if we talked again in a few years? So uh, when we're going to talk in a few years, and not if, when, uh, <laughs> we're going to have, um, the goal for us is to have more facilitators. For now, we're like a small team and trying to do everything. So it's like having, um, building more workshops and more curriculum. Um, we want, for now, we cover gender inclusion because this is our passion. This is our lived experience and our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And we want to extend our collective as a real collective to have more people under that umbrella and other people covering anti-racism stuff, um, ableism stuff, like to have more offers and more services to really tackle more aspects of the inclusion. Um, we, we want to work in some tools that people can use outside of the workshops, like really toolkits, uh, could be online, could be, um, we already have some cards, uh, that people use at the end of our workshops. Um, and our really like, our mantra is like, start small and it can have huge impact. Um, one of those cards, um, is like to add your pronouns on your LinkedIn. Um, I use they, them pronoun, and that's not the pronoun that a lot of people are using. So I have to introduce myself with saying, and I use they, them, so people can um, try to respect the pronoun I use. And for a cisgender person, someone who is, you, the gender is uh, matching the gender they want to assign at birth, is usually she or her or he and him, and it's something that doesn't cost anything to share. Um, we recommend to put that on, on your LinkedIn profile next to your last name uh, to say, hey, I'm actually trying to normalize pronouns so the people who have to say out loud their pronouns 
they won't be othered, like they won't be outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that has a huge impact. One of our workshop attendees did that. He added he, him, and his pronouns. And two days after, a university reached out to him and asked and said, hey, I saw that you added your pronouns on your LinkedIn. That It happened that we have a transgender student and this person is looking for an internship. And we assumed that your company would be a safe space for that student because you have your pronouns on your LinkedIn. And for us, that's, that's what we want people to understand. It's like there is small vocabulary, small acts that you can do that have a huge impact. For We all know that having your first job after college is hard. It's even harder when you're a transgender person. You're, you're going through a lot of things. So that now this person just literally helped someone to secure their first internship, meaning yeah. the career, like the act you can actually like start a career uh, with the right, in the right foot. And for us, that's, that's what we, we want to do. And we want to do more of those. We want to create more tools. We have a lot of ideas of like more small actions tool that we could provide. So that would be the long term. We also work with schools. So my own on my back of my head in more years, like include having gender inclusion part of the curriculum of every teacher in the world starting the u.s but like that having some of like basics of the gender inclusion and learning empathy to be what's the norm in schools yeah yeah so max i really appreciate the conversation that we've had i it's very important to me to talk about the future of work and workplace culture and you know, so I fully respect what you and your co-founder are uh, trying to achieve, and I wish you great success. If people listening to this want mm-hmm. to reach you, contact you, um, how should they go about it? So we have the website. Uh, it's uh, argocollective.co, not .com, .co, and my email direct email is max at argocollective.co, uh, and they can, yeah. The other form can always talk to us and have a call. Well, thank you for being a guest. And this concludes this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. And for everybody that's listening, please, please, if you liked this, learn something new or want other people, oh, look how sweet, other people to um, know about your organization, please share it, comment. Um, If you know of another company founder that would be a great guest for Disruptive CEO Nation. Write me at connect at allisonksummers.com. Max, thank you so much. Um, thank you so enjoy much. the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.